Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we try to figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Brian. And I'm Benedict. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on with consulting. Today is September 10th, and I'm feeling excited. This is episode number eight, and I am feeling calm. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Nice. We've got two, yeah, we have two positive emotions coming off of last week's, like, what was it? Distracted and stuck or something like that. I yeah, remember, I think it was unfocused <laughs> for me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How was, well, uh, what, what's got you excited? I've got a new microphone and I've got more new gear incoming. Uh, basically got myself a, well, of course, a new microphone that's hopefully sounding better. You be the judge. And, it does um, sound better to me already. Ah, that's good to know. And yeah. also I got myself a, a, a boom arm for the microphone and that should be should be getting here in a couple of days. So yeah, leveling up my mm -hmm. recording setup, I guess. <laughs> which, which microphone did you go with? Uh, it's a Samsung Q2U. I think that's the name of it. I think it's the same one as yours, but like with a different name. Uh, but gotcha. like from the microphone itself, it should be pretty similar. Nice, nice man. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're so excited about it. Anything else from the week has that has you feeling good? Yeah, um, the the feature I've been working on uh, from last week that I mentioned, uh, the file upload and the image di uh, image dialog is almost shipped like there's one tiny thing i need to polish but then that's ready to ready to go live on production and um yeah that's pretty cool uh cool. it was a good did week. you did you uh felt like if i'm remembering right you you felt pretty good about that one last week did anything uh come up that you had to sort out or it feels like it's coming together pretty good yeah, it feels like it's coming together pretty good. Um, there were no major, no major bumps in this. Uh, <laughs> not like with the, with the other features I've been working on lately, but yeah. this one was pretty smooth. But I mean, that I, I guess that was the point of doing it, just to ship something for a change. <laughs> well, yeah, and it felt felt pretty felt pretty well contained. How are you? How are you feeling about in app messaging right now? I'm still excited about a new approach, and uh, yeah. once this feature is shipped, I'll give it another go and uh, see okay. see what I can come up with. But I'm still, I still have a good feeling. This sounds like the way to go. Nice, that's awesome. That's awesome. How was your week? I I had a good week. Um, let's see. I had a I had a fair amount of uh, client work um, on Thursday and Friday. My kind of anchor client right now has a big meeting uh, like a, uh, coming up with a bunch of their clients and potential clients and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, and so I think that's the end of this. I'm pretty sure that's on, that's uh, that it's at the end of this week at, at any rate, um, I've had a fair amount of work to do for them. And so that's kept me, that's kept me pretty busy. Um, I did have my second mastermind group on Friday which was really good. Once again, um, that felt, that felt, uh, I'm, I'm already, I'm already enjoying that, uh, quite a bit and I'm liking, I'm liking the format. Um, and it's, it's good. It's good. I had, I've done, uh, three 
three total interviews so far. Um, reached out to a bunch of folks. Um, should get the exact number on this just so I can kind of see like what's a what's what is the response rate. But probably reached out to twenty to twenty five or so people about the whole remote work doesn't have to be lonely mm-hmm. concept. I've got six interviews scheduled. I've done three of them. Um, actually did one, like one literally 30 minutes before we jumped on this. On this oh, nice. Um, and then two later today, one tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, so just, can, yeah, go ahead. I, did you, do you get any insights from those calls? Are there any, any learnings already that you can share or this is still mostly discovery and no patterns emerging and um, stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think what I would say is that it's there, there's definitely a pattern of, of full agreement on, yeah, you have to be really intentional about this. Um, everybody that I've spoken to has, um, let's see, one person, well, everybody I've spoken to has, uh, has team members that, that are remote or are themselves remote. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the pattern is definitely, yeah, it's funny. This stuff just happens naturally in the office. Um, but once you, you know, once you, you know, go remote for the first six months, you're just loving it and loving the productivity. And then at some point you look up and realize, oh my gosh, you know, those, all this stuff that was happening by default in the office that doesn't happen, uh, unless you schedule it. And then there's a social cost to scheduling. Nobody likes meetings. And now we're scheduling meetings so that we can talk to each other. Um, mm. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit of that. Um, but I would, I would say at this point, you know, no, uh, um, yeah, I'm like no, no invalidation quite yet. Um, one of the, one of the three folks I've talked to, I think is definitely not a potential a customer because um, such a, f- a small percentage of their people are remote, like fifteen out of two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, if I were to do something, I would want to focus strictly on, you know, remote first, completely mm-hmm. remote teams, yeah. you know, just to have a really limited use case. Um, yeah. So, but I guess like the the um, the hybrid teams are probably a whole different story and a whole different challenge. I feel like yeah, there's probably, a, a, yeah. there's probably another product there as well, <laughs> just for those yeah. that try Pot- to pull off yeah, both. <laughs> potentially, potentially so. I mean, I don't, I think uh, I tend to also kind of wonder, you know, if you have, even if you have, if you have five people out of, you know, 200 that are, you know, that are remote, then you have to start thinking about remote, <laughs> remote issues. Yeah. Um, maybe even more so, uh, because those people are going to feel like black sheep, you know, in a, uh, in a company. Anyway, I, it's, it's been, uh, it's been energizing. It's really, um, you know, I'm not gonna, this, at this point, it feels like additional validation just from the, from the conversations that I was already having with people like over email and over DMs on Twitter, um, that, that the, the problem is, is definitely there. Um, there's a market, you know, likely there. The question is, um, what's the, what's the product and what's the, what's the product mm. risk? Can't, I mean, what, what could, 
is there something that that could be built that addresses it in a in a unique and different way? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out, but uh, still still having some more conversations and getting some more getting some more insights. I've learned I've uh, heard about several new tools that I hadn't heard of before that sound kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one is one is Donut. Have you heard of this? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I, I hadn't heard of it either. Um, but uh, a couple people. Two, two of the three that I've even talked to have mentioned it. And then several people that I've talked to um, just over DMs mentioned it as one of the tools that their company uses. But basically, it's a Slack bot that you, you know, pull into your company's Slack. And it you know kind of goes through everybody's uh, message history and finds people who don't talk to each other very often and then mm. connects them for a, a donut meeting. Um, so that's kind of a... I don't know. That's a, that's a fascinating, that's a fascinating idea. Um, anyway, so that's, that's just one of several. It's, I just think it's always, I always get a kind of a kick out of hearing about new tools and, um, yeah, checking them like, out, seeing what people like are up to. Too. Yeah. Anyway, so that was, that was my, my work week. Um, yesterday, yesterday I took a solo day off. Um, it's something that my, uh, my therapist and I have been, talking about over the last you know month and a half or so it's just like every now and then just schedule a a day during the week just to take off by yourself um and uh and just use that to re just use that to recharge so yesterday i did some fly fishing sat by a, a river and read on my kindle and went to a batting cage in the afternoon um do you, this uh do you know what a batting cage is is that like a, a term in Germany? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. What's a batting yes. cage? <laughs> I just I just realized that probably sounds really odd. Um, so uh, so Major League Baseball, um, super huge over here in the states, and I grew up playing baseball. Um, mm-hmm. So a batting cage is this, you know, <laughs> like a, I don't know, like eight yards wide by you know fifteen yards long, and there's a pitching machine that just it's like these two wheels ah, okay, spinning and it, it throws, yeah, it throws pitches to you. And so you just get to stand there and hit for a while. So, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was really fun. I got tired. It's way too early. It's like, Oh man, I'm not <laughs> 17 anymore. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good, good, relaxing, good, relaxing day. What, uh, what else, what else from your week, man? Anything, anything else you want to dig into? Um, well, a lot of consulting work as well. Um, I'm about to finish a project for one, like a super small project for one consulting client. And they are basically looking at exporting their existing Facebook group. They had like a private Facebook group to, to accommodate their product. And, uh, they moved that off to another tool and then I want to get the data out of that group. So I built a tool to do do the export but um there's a there's a rate limit on the facebook api that only allows like 200 requests per user per hour and this tool i wrote i'm basically the only user so i've got 200 200 requests per hour for a facebook group with i don't know probably 600 posts or so uh, not including comments and that export has been running for the last, I don't know, 
by now it's probably almost 24 hours okay <laughs> <And> it still <laughs> hasn't finished <laughs> oh man so looks like facebook is really good Just... with collecting data but not good with sharing it <laughs> shocker I mean, no surprise there um yeah but yeah i hope it will finish eventually <laughs> nice what and else? what else uh, i finished another no i don't fin i didn't finish it but i i closed another uh, consulting project uh, that will hopefully fully oh. start soon congrats um, man so that's that's nice i'm excited about yeah. that good yeah. well this will that that'll uh that'll segue pretty nicely into what we wanted to talk about for a little bit um so let so cuz let me ask you how did you how did you get that that deal where did you where did you get that lead uh, I got that lead. Good question. I don't really know. Um, it just well, showed up. Then yeah. did, <laughs> it, it was. Did, it, did yeah. it come through your website? Um, probably not. I think okay. it was one of those <laughs> things. So, the 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 company I'm working with, or I'm going to be working with, um, uh, I I knew about them. We are a, actually a user with user list. And they've been part of my extended network for a while, I guess. Okay. And they reached out to me asking if, if I'd be open to helping them with, with some new features. Um, I think they mentioned they also read a blog post and, and used some ideas from that. So maybe the website helped a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think it wasn't, wasn't like we discussed uh, last week where they googled for for ruby on rails developer and <laughs> landed on my website and then decided to hire me so yeah um, yeah, yeah the, the, the website might have helped but it was pretty sure wasn't uh the main thing that got us yeah. going right right got it well that's so that's kind of the topic we we're gonna or related anyway to the topic we we're gonna discuss today was just how do we do consulting right is that yes um how do we get our clients um, what are our projects like? How do we bill, etc.? Sound sound good? Yep, sounds good with me. Okay. So, how do you get well, your the, clients usually? Yeah, um, so I've been doing freelancing and consulting for a pre oh, wow, is it almost exactly two years? Pretty much two years. Um, One hundred percent of my clients have come from um, cl uh, client referrals or within my network. Mm -hmm. um, zero zero inbound like from 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 my site yeah. or from an article or anything anything at all like that um and so which is which is good i mean it means that once i when i get a lead like the close rate is you know just ridiculously high mm. um because it you know it's coming from a, a referral or some some trusted thing um the down the downside is that they are sporadic and unpredictable. Um, yeah, these are two like that's very well documented about consulting and freelance life. So, what uh, what about you? Where do you get your clients? Yeah, it's similar or, with me. Um, yeah, and as you said, like the the frustrating thing about it, it's unpredictable, and um, at least in my experience, it's usually it it, it usually comes in waves. So there's either no work at all or too much work at once. Yeah, um, that's the that's the the feast or famine phenomenon. Like it's it's so yeah. 
it's so common that it has names i you know and, yeah exactly um, uh, and that's kind of frustrating but then again it still works well enough so i don't have to worry about it i guess mm -hmm. um yeah 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 as long as you if if you can have you know patience and uh you know a little bit of trust in the downtime like work is going to show up that you use that downtime to to recharge or work on your own thing i suppose are you yeah. do you feel like you're pretty good about that yeah it's uh well it's a learned skill i guess uh i remember two years ago i had this one downtime where no work was coming in and i also didn't have a side project to work on and that was that was tough um mm. And eventually, the the thing that came out of it was the the landing page for the book idea I have uh, about um, okay. have this idea for this book about uh, basically building software as a service applications and just covering the technical side of things because I feel like there isn't that much stuff out there for it. <laughs> but basically, the moment I uh, published the landing page. Um, For one, uh, uh, Jane came up with the idea for user list, so that took okay. away quite a bit of my time. Yeah. And yeah. I also got, a, I think, two or three consulting clients at the same time. <laughs> so after <laughs> after publishing that landing page, of course, I didn't make I don't any think progress on that. <laughs> I don't think you've talked about that. I don't think you've talked about that book idea here. Is it? Is that still? Is that still just kind of percolating out there? Or no thanks, you've got. But there's, there's a reason why I don't then. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I so, usually, I mean, the landing page is still up. There are still people signing up for the for the mailing list from time to time, uh -huh. but I, I haven't worked on it for for a long time, and yeah. Um, yeah, I usually don't mention it because then people just <laughs> ask me, "Hey, what's what's the progress on what's your book?" And I have to tell them, "Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, no, no progress on the book at no. all." <laughs> yeah. And I feel like so everyone listening to this who's on the mailing list either has figured it out by, by by themselves by now or is now super surprised and sad uh, that <laughs> that is probably still it'll probably still take a while for that book to publish yeah. mm. but yeah that's that's, that's that's stuff that happens when there's no consulting work <laughs> yeah something you something you said in there was interesting to me that it's a learned skill um I don't, I do not think that I have learned that skill <laughs> very, very well. Like the idea of, um, just being, uh, being relaxed during the, the famine, the times of famine. Um, I, I think the way that I've felt it and, and even described it to, to some people is that, you know, when, uh, when there isn't any work, I just feel like, well, I, I need to be producing a bunch of marketing stuff and mm. figure figuring out the sales process and marketing process. And, um, but because I, I don't know, I think you should, um, like yeah. if there's, if there's not, if there's not business coming in, then, um, use that time to, uh, to do those things. So I guess, I guess it hasn't felt, it hasn't felt very energized or, uh, not, not energizing, but just hasn't felt very, uh, like a, a time to recharge or, or, to be able to, to relax. Um, but I, but what we're, the, the things that we're talking about here, 
um, feast or famine mode, not really knowing where your next leads are going to come from. Um, that, you know, there's a whole, there are whole industries or not industries, but there's a, there's a great little cottage industry around helping freelancers and consultants like us to smooth out that lumpiness and to have a steady influx of inbound leads um, that are then well-qualified through an email funnel process or whatever, uh, so that there you, you get out of the feast and famine mode. I mean, mm. I think I've just delivered their pitch pretty well because I've heard it 50 times. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you agree? Well, the, the, the idea sounds great. Uh, but I, I, as I mentioned last week, um, it hasn't worked for me uh, and it might be for several reasons. Maybe I didn't put enough energy into it. Maybe my positioning isn't the best fit for stuff like that. Um, and that might very well be a main reason because like I have a hard time um, basically packaging up my services. Like mm -hmm. I think those things probably work very well when, when you're always selling the same thing and the same, I don't know, structure of, small project that is that is well contained and predictable then it's probably yeah. easier to sell it like that but mm -hmm. i don't enjoy those projects so the projects i usually do mm. are very custom and freeform and uh, have different shapes and sizes and I yeah think, yeah that makes it super hard at least that's my impression um I, yeah. yeah no I, th i think you're i think you're completely right like that that process seems like it could only work if you're doing packaged things, you know, with a um, re repeatable process, the same thing every single time. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, like I've, I've had the same experience has not, has not worked, uh, has not worked well for me in the past to try to do it that way. Um, and, you know, even in the present isn't exactly like crushing it. Um, mm. I, the, the work I, I have, I have ample work, um, and going to, you know, make a fine, <laughs> going to make a fine wage, uh, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, but certainly like the, the promise, the promise is, is not fulfilled. Um, yeah. In, in terms of, of smoothing it out, that's so you, you, but you prefer to do custom, custom projects every time. Is that what yeah, you're Yeah. For the most part, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm enjoying that way more because it's like new challenges and mm -hmm. new stuff to work on, new stuff to learn. How do you build for that? Um, that depends a little bit on the project. So sometimes I just do fixed price projects where the scope is pretty clear or I have a good feeling about it. Um, like, especially when it's small stuff, um, like this Facebook export, that's a fixed price project because I, I mean... I, I don't build for the waiting time. <laughs> I record podcasts while the export oh, is running. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like yeah. building that yeah. was super easy. So um, it was easy to, to estimate and do a fixed price project. Uh, also with that new consulting client, we agreed on a fixed price for our first like very narrow scope project just to get a feel mm -hmm. if it's a good fit and if we work well together. And after yeah. that, it's usually... I usually use a daily rate and sometimes combine it with like a sprint concept where they basically book, um, I don't know, two weeks 
of my time and uh, then yeah basically we iterate on the product and it's not bound to um bound to a scope but more like uh, you work on those projects for the next two weeks and then we do a review and basically the the scrum uh scrum sprint concept applied to the mm -hmm. to the consulting work Mm -hmm. And that that usually works quite well, um, yeah. With the long running projects, do you ever do any hourly billing? Uh, only like only in emergencies on weekends where I'm not supposed yeah. to work at all. Then then that's hourly, yeah. uh, and uh, I usually use a ridiculously high rate to prevent yeah. that from happening as much as possible. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah I. I'll, I'll, Go ahead. Go ahead. I used to do hourly billing when I started out, but it's just, I don't know, it doesn't work that way uh, in reality. Like, I'm not sitting there with a, with a timer um, starting and stopping uh, whenever I start to think about a project, especially like sometimes it's at night and you're at home and your computer is already off, but you're still thinking about it. And mm -hmm. in theory, that's billable time, but... I mean, who goes into their time tracker to start and stop the clock for that? Yeah. So I figured yeah. just dedicating a, a day to a project is probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. How do you I, do this? So, well, it's been, I mean, over the past two years, it's been kind of all over the place where some have been um, fixed, yeah, fixed scope. Uh, and then that presented its own challenges um like we allowed the or i allowed the the scope to be too complex out of the gate instead of like okay it's gonna be a fixed fixed scope project but let's like really slice it down um and have done have definitely done some like one-off hourly stuff at a at a you know pretty high rate um which was i guess fine um uh, it was better than fine it was good hmm. um but just the just the idea of just tracking hours just isn't very it just isn't fun um and that was uh that one made sense though because it was a it was like a pure product strategy um you know contracting thing going into the office working with their team facilitating meetings and that sort of that sort of thing um so it was it was pretty easy to quote track hours um on that one because it was all time in their office with them um, mm -hmm. and I've done, uh, like block, you know, purchasing 40 hour blocks at a time. And then, you know, on my side, I just set out either a half a day or a full day, um, to work on that client. So I'm yeah. not tracking two hours here an hour and a quarter there, but just yeah. half a day or a full day. That works. That works fine. And the, the client likes it. Um, and because it's just such like, like, rolling scope from week to week that it kind of make there's there is no fix there's there's no way to do like a fixed scope on this for this particular client in the situation that they're in um it would be like a huge shift for for for, yeah. for their mindset anyway but again like it feels like um this is the i guess just this is just the the you know nature of some some types of consulting and freelance work where each project is a little bit different and needs to be addressed a little bit differently. 
Um, mm. And that, that has pros and cons. So, no. Yeah, yeah. I definitely had my share of <laughs> uh, mixed experiences with fixed price uh, uh, billing, for example, um, and hourly billing and uh, stuff like that as well. But I remember this one project where I was way off with my estimate. And I've, I think I estimated for like two weeks and it was more like two months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that stings. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah But I, I mean, gonna, yeah, it happens from yeah. time to time. It does. It happens from time to time. Um, ideally balanced out by a project that doesn't take nearly that much time, but yeah. delivers a huge amount of value to the client. So they pay what comes out to be an, an enormous effective hourly rate. Yeah. Um, how, how, what do you, how do you handle proposals? I think, because that's, I mean, one, one thing that has me leaning towards, yes, if I could just have a pre, you know, predefined set of packages, um, and a defined sales process, um, uh, re- you know, reduce the amount of time I spend, you know, word crafting, uh, a given proposal. How, how do you handle proposals? I don't really do proposals that much. Um, yeah. Okay. At least lately. Um, in the past, when it was like a more like greenfield project, and I um, usually I do like a workshop with them, like a road mapping workshop, and uh, um, I first let them pay for that, and then use that workshop to figure out what they want to build, and. Um, basically break down their ideas into small features and then do an, uh, this thing has a name, this exercise, but it's like prioritizing things uh, using index cards and then basically sorting it. Um, what What's most important, what's, what, what has to be in there and then walking through the cards with them and finding out where the MVP is. And then I usually do an estimate on that that part and uh, come up with a fixed price or an estimate time time based estimate uh, for a, for a kind of proposal. But I don't write huge documents these days. I, I tried this once, but it, in the end, it wasn't worth the time and effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I at at this point, I have like a a good you know handful of of proposals that I've done um, because I, I have gone a little bit uh, not, not heavy, but um, in terms of like massive proposal documents, but definitely give a, give a lot of attention to phrasing it based on our, our conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, fair amount of, <laughs> yeah, fair amount of writing in those, uh, in those things. Um, which I've always justified as, you know, being worth it because we're t- I mean, it's not like it's a $400 job. It's like something between 10 and $25,000 per for mm. a project. Yeah. And so it feels like, yeah, I mean, this is, I, it's also coming from a referral. So I have really high confidence that this is likely to close. Um, so it feels like we're, uh, hours that are worth it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess just as I'm sitting here thinking through the, the thinking through the thing of, and I'm sure a lot of other freelancers and consultants are thinking this thinking through it too maybe if they're listening is yes totally feast and feast or famine that is such <laughs> a drag to be in 
um wouldn't it be nice if you know blah 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 um and one of the one of the pieces of it that is frustrating is right you know doing custom proposals for every project sounds like you just don't do them (laughs) that's i guess that's one answer (laughs) it's just um, yeah i mean it's not like there's not formal proposals in the sense of a huge document i mean i do write emails that outline what i'm thinking of doing and what that price will be and maybe if it makes sense have packages in there but that's yeah that's about it it's like not a super polished document it's more like a freeform email with a suggestion i guess do you yeah like do you do you also have a contract or do you use the proposal as a contract in a sense um in most in most cases the client has a contract that they want me to countersign Mm. um i i also have like a very you know just boilerplate um you know, statement, uh, like, uh, amendment to basically a statement of work that I use. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I usually end up doing, I mean, if it's going to be a high ticket project, you know, a proposal that outlines all of our, you know, outlines our discussions that we've had, what they're trying to solve, how I propose to solve it and what the you know delivery would look like and the price. And then if they agree to that, then there's a much more condensed sounds kind of like where you begin, like, outlined statement of work like okay leave the proposal behind at this point this is what we're doing and then Mm -hmm. we we sign we sign that yeah makes sense yeah um we got a couple of comments about this just in mentioning it briefly last week so i want to you know i want to put it out there again um i'm willing to bet a lot of y'all listening are in a similar boat or have been so reach out <laughs> we are uh we're slow steady pod um you can find each of us from there b ray and benedict Dyka, on twitter um benedict anything anything else you want to you want to add here um not really. Uh, one thing I want to mention is um, we're doing an experiment with UserList um, and we're thinking about doing office hours. And I think there will be one the day this episode comes out. Um, so if you if you want to join the UserList office hours, check the Twitters cool. and uh, yeah. see see what time we decided to do it on. <laughs> what? Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. That sounds really interesting. What's what what are what are office hours? What's the what's the goal? Like, what's so well? The goal, in a way, is uh, to stay in touch with the community, uh, to get mm-hmm. more feedback, and just be helpful and and yeah, help people in those office hours. Um, okay. We don't really know how they will work. Um, so far, we just figured let's do one and see what happens. Okay. Um, the but rough the, idea the is idea people is come in sign and up. They... Yeah, it's probably going to be a Zoom call, I guess, and you can join okay. and ask questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. And um, yeah, that's, that's about pretty it. cool. <laughs> We've got you who could answer dev questions, Jane UI UX questions, and Claire who can answer customer marketing and business questions. Yeah, that's that's, that's the idea. Yeah. That's man, I you you may see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be nice 
<laughs> that would at least make it worth it. Um, so far, we are a little bit on the side of, yeah, let's do it and announce it, but maybe nobody will show up. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm sure people will. I'm sure people will show up. Yeah, listeners, you seriously, you want to you want to find yourself a time slot on that. That's that's some serious value. Yeah, Super I hope cool. so. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's it. Um, do you have anything, anything to add for this week? No, oh, only to only to say that we were getting ready to cue, like hit record. I can't believe we're already eight, eight episodes in. This has just been it's been a ton of fun, Benedict. I'm I'm loving this. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I am enjoying this as well. Cool. And with the new microphone, it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully everybody. <laughs> uh notices and approves so um show notes at slowandsteadypodcast.com i mentioned you can find us on twitter slow steady pod please reach out uh it's always fun to hear from y'all and to get your thoughts get your opinions and i guess we will talk to you next week talk to you next week bye